and it shows up in the word should, this conversation with this gal today. She's like, which one should I do? I'm like, well, you're acting as if there's a correct answer. And I'm going to keep pointing you, what I said to her on the call is like, I'm going to keep pointing you away from the right decision and actually get you connected to what you want. Is there a place in life or business that you feel stuck? Then this conversation is for you. Hello, my friends. My name is Chad, and this is the Naked Leadership Podcast, high-stakes conversations for relentless company founders. My co-host and I have over six decades of combined experience in leadership coaching, and this podcast is where we explore it all. There is no conversation too risky. This week, Adrian and I sit down to talk about the choice of being stuck. That's right. I said the choice of being stuck. So if there's a place you feel stuck and you want to stay stuck, then don't listen to this conversation. Everyone else, here we go down the rabbit hole. Adrian, how are you, brother? Hey, man, I am great. So glad to be here. Glad to be with you. Love this conversation. Love these people. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, Hey, a couple of housekeeping items. First, the negotiation quiz. Negotiation.takenewground.com. Go there, find out your negotiation style. Answer 15 easy questions. You can do it in under five minutes. Do it. And the information that you'll get is invaluable. As we've been mm-hmm. talking about, it's been a running theme in the podcast for the last few episodes. Negotiation is the heart of leadership, meaning every conversation you are engaged in as a leader is negotiation. It is the result. Everything you have in your leadership, in your company, in your family, with the relationship with yourself is a result of how you are negotiating. Mm-hmm. So you might want to find out what your style is. Yep. You can go there now, negotiation.takenewground.com. You can answer the questions, take the quiz, get the result, find out your strengths and blind spots, and uh, be connected. We also have a 30, uh, 30 email drip that comes after that that you get to explore the idea of negotiation in. And uh, just valuable. Really excited for people to check that out. Yeah, people are already taking it and they're sending me their styles. I can't wait to talk about it. and It's really fun. Yeah, that's really cool. So really that's cool. item. That's housekeeping item number one. Uh, housekeeping item number two. Dan is not with us again, and we want to acknowledge his absence. He is taking a really beautiful moment with his wife Eileen, son, and and daughter in law. They're going to Hawaii. We were um, we were all in attendance to the memorial for Eon um, this mm-hmm. past weekend, and yep. Uh, that was one of the most transformational experiences of my life. Yeah. Uh, it's been hard to describe. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. I do know what affected me. I do know some of the things that affected me so deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see Danny, Dan's son, stand in that way in a moment of such deep loss uh, and the words that he shared. Um, for me, just like opened up so much possibility. Yeah. How we relate to each other, how we can live this life, what matters, what doesn't matter, what faith can be, which is really mm-hmm. interesting. You know, that's something we don't talk about on this podcast a lot, faith and our journeys in faith. And I've had an interesting one. You've had an interesting one. And yep. uh, it just, yeah. I mean, just my mind was open to like, oh, I have really put faith in a box. Yep. And um, anyway, 
<laughs> this is a long housekeeping conversation. Uh, Dan's not with us. <laughs> we miss him, but we're so grateful for the healing. Him and his family are going to Hawaii. They're spending two weeks out there. Mm-hmm. Massages on the beach, horse riding on the beach, connecting, getting, you know, getting grounded. And, and we're so grateful they get to take that time. Yeah, I was just about to say I'm willing. To, I, we should just make a whole episode of this intro because I've got lots of conversations about faith, um, <laughs> faith in the non-religious sense. What the yeah. hell is faith, and how are, how are none of us atheists? Anyway, mm. take that back. Take that back. No, I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> uh, well, great. So let's dive in. Uh, I've got you know. I'm stuck. You are. Oh, poor thing. Yeah, I'm stuck. Mm. I don't know what to do. I'm oh. deciding whether or not to make nachos or burgers for dinner. <laughs> and I'm stuck. I I don't I don't know what to do. I don't know how to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as we're jumping on this, you know, we we pulled a last minute audible. Um, which we do sometimes. Chad always brings, you know, great conversation topics to the table and and um, I just got off a conversation today with a brilliant woman. And um, it was just one of these random connections uh, via LinkedIn and somebody I knew knew her and she decided to reach out. And the conversation that she wanted to have, I was unwilling to have um, because I wanted to illuminate and jump into the context that she was having her conversation in which is kind of a wordy or like a big idea. I wanted to zoom out and catch the water she's swimming in because if she could catch the water she's swimming in, um, then the answer to her question or her dilemma is, is the, the solutions is qu- quite apparent right away. Um, but she was there to kind of solve a problem instead of um, reorient herself. Yeah. So, well, really to solve a symptom is what she wanted to do. Right on. Yeah. Right on. And I yeah, thought, so man, this is, a, this is a great conversation for people. Because, I mean, everybody listening to this is very capable and very brilliant mm-hmm. and, um, you know, mover and shaker in the world. And mm-hmm. she was having an experience, and I think everybody has an ex- this type of experience, where they kind of feel stuck. Um, and the dilemma is when we move from feeling stuck to being stuck. Yeah. And she was being stuck and she thought she was just feeling stuck. What's the distinction? What is the, I don't, I don't get, what do you mean? Being well, and, and, and feeling. Yeah. So feeling stuck. I mean, so, okay, good. So feeling is having the sensation of paralysis um, when faced with a decision. Yeah. And, and even it's, in some ways it's like being overwhelmed by what occurs as complexity. Um, and there are a few, if not a few dozen, uh, variables in that conversation. And sometimes the volume of variables is, um, and my relationship to the volume of those variables actually gives me the sensation called stuck. It's a feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, and and it's really fear. It's really vulnerability. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that's a feeling stuck. If we decide to take that on like she had, like that she was stuck. And that's what people say. They're not, they don't say I'm feeling stuck. They say I am stuck. Mm -hmm. Right. So 
that illuminates the fact that even they they uh, linguistic they they say actually what's the truest thing like I am a thing like I am a feeling yeah I am stuck and which is actually now a practice of being stuck so what she was doing yeah. I was just one in a line of people that she was calling up to getting their advice yeah which is like a really glorious way to be stuck because <laughs> now I actually look like I'm in action I'm going in I'm asking really smart people what I should do and that's what she kept saying like what do you think I should do and I said well First off, I'm not doing. I'm not answering that question. What you're not answering? Well, you you've got a tendency to give other, the other pe people in your life the keys to your life. So I'm not here to be your guru. I'm not here to give you an answer. Yeah, I, I'm here to. Invite Did she ask you. for her money back at that moment? <laughs> it was free call. So you know, <laughs> um, if she, I would have given it to her. <laughs> she didn't ask, but I would have given it to her. <laughs> so anyway, I, I can keep going, but. That's yeah, so. There's, that's that's the distinction between like I'm feeling a certain way, and then I actually take that feeling and I start to practice this feeling, and so I become what I'm feeling. And actually, we complain about the feeling, but we set it up into perpetuity. Like I'm, I'm like now practicing this thing. Yeah, and there's so a she, level she of crafted her own there. dilemma. There's a level of belief there, right? Like, hundred percent. Say I feel I'm, or I say that I feel stuck, and then I can believe that I am. Because I feel that, right? yes, and and that belief, the it, belief is so interesting because belief is the start of evidence making. Yes, yes. <laughs> so when belief occurs, then I start to. I don't really have a vote in this. Naturally, I my brain starts to find evidence for what it is that I believe. Mm -hmm. And so that's interesting. So when people claim they're stuck they are stuck the 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 distinction that i think we're working towards though is that they are choosing to be stuck yeah that's the annoying side of it yep so at least i'm channeling my wife now whenever i talk about this kind of stuff you know in the bedroom late at night when we're arguing about childcare <laughs> or whatever um you know the annoying side of it is what is, let's say I am stuck. Let's say I'm feeling stuck and then I am stuck. Now, what's the source of the stuckness? Is, is it outside of me or inside of me? Because you're saying you're well, what choosing people, stuck. Yeah, what people are going to say is that I have two or more choices. And all of those choices are either really great or they all equally suck ass. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I, uh, I, I'm stuck because I don't know what to choose. Like right. that's the source of my stuckness. But that's even what we say. I don't know what to choose. But that's not even, I don't think, the truest um, uh, characterization of the moment. Yeah. Because there's actually, there's futures connected to all these choices. And I don't want to go find out. Right. Right. I don't have confidence in myself um, in this current moment, or I, I definitely don't have confidence in the version of me that has to actually live with my decision six months from now. Like I can imagine the <laughs> suffering that that guy's having. And so, and I'm responsible for that guy's suffering and I don't want him to suffer either. That happens to also be me. That's so, right. So, you know, it's like, it's, I don't have confidence in the choice, but I actually don't want the future that is waiting on the other side of this vulnerability. Ah, oh, it's so good, man. It's also that conversation of right for people. That's how it shows up for people. Yes. I don't know. I don't know the right choice. That's right. Which, which one is right? Yep. And it shows up in the word should. This is what I went with this conversation with this gal today. She's like, which one should I do? I'm like, well, you're acting as if there's a correct answer. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm going to keep pointing you, what I said during the call is like, I'm going to keep pointing you away from the right decision and actually get you connected to what you want. Yeah. What do this, you actually want? This isn't a and, ninth grade trigonometry test. No. Well, and she has been, and she, and she got real about it. I asked her, why do you think you do that? Why do you think you come to me or other people as well and ask them their opinion? And she says, she's, if she's really honest about it, she said, well, if they, if they tell me what they think, then I, can, then I can just go do what they think I should do. Yeah. Right? So it's back to the do, have, be conversation. Yeah. She's wanted to, and she started, she brought up the imposter syndrome thing. You know, and it's like, I, if, I, if I can follow somebody else's advice, I don't have to stand with the vulnerability of me making a decision. And the really responsibility. Honest. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I don't have to be honest about my about the about the power I have. Now, I might in general, we'll complain about not having power, but actually we give up our power so freely and so easily because it helps us avoid the vulnerability of being of like making decisions and like choosing who I am. And she was really honest about it, which I thought, ah, wow, she just absorbed that so quickly. And she got it. She told on herself, which is just so great. And all of a sudden I knew she was unstuck. I knew it. Like in that moment, and like, you know, I was like, I was so excited. I was telling you, this is one of the most ex- really fun call because she shifted in the moment. And, and, I, and I asked her, and this is a person I don't even know, and then we don't have a coaching contract or anything like that. And I wasn't pressing towards that at all. I just said, well, what, what would you do? What are you, what are you going to do next? If like you took, a, you made an action out of, took, make a decision out of this conversation and took action, what action would you be taking? And she said, I'm probably going to sit down and make a list of like what I want. And I said, are you probably, what do you mean when you say you're probably going to sit down? And she, huh, right? Because Stuck has a whole <laughs> after, set. After I ask a few more smart people. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Which yeah. isn't a bad idea, by the way. I mean, get yeah, it. Yeah, that's it, right. Yeah. That's right. And that's what I told her. I said, it's great to, it's great to like sit down Get your shit straight. Like, what do you really want? And then go vet that by smart people. That's a good, that's a good idea. What am I not seeing? What am I um, not seeing? How do I structure this? Or what's the strategy behind? What have you um, done that didn't work? Yep. Yep. But all of a sudden, you're not stuck if you're doing that. Mm. Because if you're stuck, you're out to like give yourself relief um, or, you know, double down. Like to your point earlier, like, like the belief um, has natural fruit to it. Like no matter what, like if I believe a certain thing, I'm actually going to interpret reality in a way to, to affirm my belief. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll interview this guy and, he, and he'll say, he, I should do this. And she'll say, and I'll interview the next gal. And she said, I should do this. And I'm like, look, I'm still stuck <laughs> because they gave me two different answers. Right. Well, you've said it's something a couple of times that really has made a powerful impression on me made makes me pause almost every time you say it which is if i have something in my life i don't want i don't have it anymore mhm yeah and that's that is what we're that's the distinction we're making between being stuck like having something in your life that you don't want it could be a decision but having that thing in your life and you don't want it that is the experience of being stuck yes yes um, and we, we talked about that on the call today too. The, um, and what I end up, I've, I reframed it with her. I said, 
what you're calling stuck might actually be you for the first time in a long time deciding to pause and wonder mm. about what you want. And you're vetting out what's the glorious upside, what's the shit that comes with it around all these decisions. And yeah. you haven't done that in a long. She's been on the treadmill for a long time, right? She's like, you know, she's used to lots of action. She makes great money, um, married, um, great kids, the whole thing. She's been on this treadmill for a long time. And, for, and she's wondering and wondering for her felt like being stuck. Yeah. And when I said that to her, she's like, no, that's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, that sounds better. I should it's just do boring. that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm exploring this. I'm wondering about what do I really want? If I like get out of the sprint that I'm used to and actually create space in which I can look inside, you know, if I stop being a slave to my own ambition and slow down and like tune my ambition, mm. aim my ambition, that is more vulnerable than just getting up and delivering on yesterday's promises. Mm hmm which, you know, great people were always delivering on yesterday's promises with this thing I got to get done or the vision or the, you know, the, the promises I made to the board or the, my team or whatever. And I'm just kind of naturally a, I would say I said slave to it. Um, I, that's probably it. Like there's not a lot of thinking about it. There's a, a lot of have to's in it, like, like um, you know, necessities. Like it's like leading out of necessity or living, not leading, living out of necessity instead of you know, leading out of a conscious conversation about what I really want. Mm -hmm. when another did... conversation. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say another conversation today with a really great founder of a company. Um, he was doing very well, and and this person is in a new place of deciding if 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 she wants to run this company anymore, and like finally got real that she doesn't in the certain way, and she never said that out loud before. And she mm. felt a lot of relief by like either if I we're going to get this shit to straight in the next six months or I'm going to quit or we're going to sell it or I'm going to liquidate the thing and go sit my ties. And she felt so much relief of the the last conversation. It was like, that's what I said to her. I said, well, I, I'm glad. I'm really glad because there's like this one last conversation you were unwilling to have with yourself that quitting might actually be a virtue. Mm. And she felt like a whole new person on the call, like just alive. Life is not fair. It's what you negotiate. Let me say that one more time. Life is not fair. It's what you negotiate. Now, that's an interesting thought. If that's true, it means that everything you have in life right now, the possessions, the relationships, the fitness, the mindset, are all a product of your negotiations with others and yourself. And if that's true, wouldn't you want to be very clear on how you negotiate? what's effective and what's ineffective, what your strengths are and what your blind spots are. It is, after all, producing all the results in your life. So here's the deal. We put together a 15-question quiz that you can take in five minutes or less and find out exactly what your negotiation style is. The results of this quiz will give you insight into your strengths and blind spots in negotiation. It will also give you insight in how you can accentuate those strengths or compensate for the blind spots. Think for just one second with me all of the conversations you're having in your life. Think about compensation or advancement conversations with people on your team, discussing financial decisions with a partner, or just getting your kids to get their damn shoes on so that you can leave the house. All of these conversations are negotiations. 
This simple yet powerful tool has the potential to reinvent the way you get what you want in every aspect of life. Go to negotiation.takenewground.com right now or click the link in the description of this episode and find out what negotiation style you embody. You can thank us later. Now back to the show. I think there's a, if, if people, if anybody listening is like me, what I make up or what I'm, what I, what I fear is that my exploration can turn to, uh, can turn into, uh, avoidance or, or delay or, but I can convince myself like I'm exploring. Mm-hmm. Um, when does, when does exploration or, um, contemplation when does that turn into avoidance there's probably a window where if i keep it in isolation i don't know how long that would be let me think through this that's a great question like how do i know if my wondering is actually avoidance or when does it move from wondering to avoidance right on um that's a great question because I've got, you know, this isn't a problem that I have. <laughs> <laughs> this is foreign terror. I, I rarely feel stuck in something almost to almost to a fault of not one not wondering enough. Mm-hmm. Not Me exploring too. enough and just taking action and the mm-hmm. wondering and the exploration happens in interest and dividends mm-hmm. on the action that I took, whether that's great or whether that's, you know, oh shit, look where I'm at, look where I am now. Maybe I should have stopped and wondered about this a little bit. So, uh, but I do know people in my life closely who might, ex- might, ex- might describe their position as exploring and I would describe it as uh, avoiding. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think about it, and we t- tend to tip our hats to this Harrison assessment thing where, that we talk about a ton, because this is this does show up in one of the paradoxes where it's risking versus analyzing pitfalls. Yeah. So you know, I think, I mean, if I'm if I'm over indexing on analyzing pitfalls, and we talk about like scrutinizing a plan for potential difficulties, um, if I'm over indexing on that and not willing to really take a risk, then I am cautious. Hmm. That's that's what's the bottom. If you people listening, if you can imagine analyzing pitfalls on the as on the x axis and riskings on the y axis. If you're long on the on the right, like go to the right on the x axis and short on the y axis, and you're in the bottom right quadrant, which is cautious, um, ends up being skeptical as well. So, um, I would say to your question of you know when is when is exploring avoidance? Uh, it's probably a really short window. Yeah. I mean, evidence of it would be if I'm using this exploration to avoid current commitments, if I'm using this exploration to avoid people, if I'm using this exploration to keep kicking the can down the road and the thing that I'm committed to now, and I can't even integrate my wondering into real life now, then I'm already using it to avoid. Right on. So it's, it's got to be something that one senses as well but unwilling to see just as sure. I think about, um, you know, I, there is something in us that, that I believe that 
shows us that we're that you know we're we've been unwilling to commit. Yeah. Or that you know, or that we're avoiding the commitment, and that shows up as discontent. I think. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So the, I don't know that there's pro- there's probably not a lot of discontent in ex- ex- true exploration, and once that right. turns into avoidance, there's going to be some discontent. There's going to be something that's nagging at you, saying, "Look, there is an ownership and a responsibility that you've been unwilling to take on. It's time yeah. to take it." Yeah, I'm thinking about the difference between exploring and pontificating. Mm. You know, because. Mm-hmm. I think to your point earlier, if I'm melding a few ideas here, if I'm really exploring something, I'm going to be, I'm going to take a lot of action to go see what's actually there. You know, it's like, I'm actually going to, you know, I, people say, trust your intuition. I say yes. And test it immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So like for this gal today, you know, she was committed to me at the back end to putting some brand documents together. If she went after the, you know, went after the consulting work instead of this kind of CEO thing, she was thinking about going back in. she wants to go do consulting. Um, because she loves variety. And when she said that, it's like, well, this is like, this is, this is why this is like a no brainer for you. Like, why would you want to, you, you're saying you love the variety. You love to be able to travel. Um, you love working, uh, helping people work through a, a, a assortment of different types of challenges and you like meeting new people and blah, 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 blah. Why would you go work for one company if you love that level of variety? And of course it doesn't make sense. And so, uh, the, this, the, the action step on the back end was to sit down and, and create some brand documents about what she's doing now, which is consulting already. And so now she can scale that up. And that's just, that's a, she felt great about the practical step to go test her intuition. Like if she could get some language around her as this person and find out how this actually does connect to her or it doesn't, you know, um, but that's the way to actually move out of this pontificating, which she was and stuckness is full of pontificating mm-hmm. because I'm entertaining ideas instead of going and trying on ideas. And I'm, you know, really busy thinking about millions of scenarios instead of going and being a scenario. Yeah. And you know, she's going to go do that. And I'm sure she's going to come out and, and feel great about it because yeah. it's like her values on the paper. Um, and she's going to go try it on, you know? And um, anyway, just to double down on the, on the, if I'm, if I am feeling stuck, let me just go ahead and make a decision, which I said to her on the call. Uh, I, and this might be annoying that I keep referring to the call. Sorry, listeners. Um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> um, you can always make the other choice. Like if you're not in a moral conversation, go ahead and be a consultant for another six months. Sure. And if you find the perfect company, cause she was talking about the CEO role that she's talking to, but a very well-known company that, that had, had been uh, pitched to her, I think by a recruiter and you know, she was naturally wanting to talk to the founders of this company and the founders were really kind of skittish and hard to get a hold of. And I said, why would you already know you don't want to work for a company, run a company that you can't talk to the founders and they're avoiding you now. Yeah. They don't even want to talk to you now. Why would you ever like even entertain the, like why would your level of your own view of yourself, why would you lower it so far that you have to dismiss that type of behavior. And not that that's even wrong. It's just not what you really want. Sure. Yeah. And But she keeps holding up that option, which is shitty as an equal option to something that would actually make her come alive. Yeah. 
um, in order to keep up the stuckness. Because look at this really great, but actually horrible, opportunity here. And now I don't know what to do. I'm stuck at the I don't know what to do. <laughs> Believe people when they show you who they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so this this is interesting too, and you and I kind of talked about this a little bit before we hit record, but I want to bring this element into it, is it's interesting to take a look at why, not that it not that it solves the problem for us, not that it actually creates any action or result, but it is interesting yep. to talk about why we stay stuck, mm-hmm. why we choose stuck over choice. Yep. And I love that you talk about, because this is a conversation I have with my clients consistently. You know, this is a very common conversation, by the way, those listening who haven't experienced coaching. Decision making is a very common conversation in the coaching calls. And, you know, we're, we're discussing and, and for me, it always comes back to the aim, what they say that they're committed to. And that's what I hear you talking about. Like you have this shitty decision, you have this shitty option that's blowing you off anyway, but there's something still attracting you to it. And then you have this other option where you say, this is everything that I want. It's the variety. It's the work I love. It's blah, blah, blah. All right, great. Well, this is, this seems like now we know you're choosing to be stuck because the, the answer is clear. The option is clear. The choice is clear. And sometimes also, I love that you brought up, you just got to make a decision. Just choose something. Are are you, you're not so, most of you listening to, all of you listening to this are, Adrian already said it, hard driving, um, capable and experienced human beings. And you are not so fragile that you can't deal with the decision. Mm-hmm. That's, and, and that's the conversation I have so often with my clients is that you're not so fragile that you can't deal with whatever comes from the decision that you make. And actually, mm-hmm. there's so many more possibilities and futures in that decision than you currently understand or know. You're yeah. never going to predict what that future looks like. So just yeah. make it and then create, yeah. the, create the, the future in it. But why, yeah. why do we choose to stay stuck? And what, one of the things that I found interesting, and this actually came up in one of my recent coaching calls with a client, is he was choosing to be stuck because he was afraid of the way he would look to others yes. for the decision that he really knew he wanted to make. Right on. That's exactly, I was thinking of a way to weave this in and you said it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the- it's, it's, yeah, go ahead. Well, I keep giving, I'll keep giving practical examples from this call. Um, this gal is Canadian and she, then she went on to say, oh, we Canadians and, and we like stability and like the paycheck and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking that's such an interesting hiding place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up asking her, is this, who's saying this? Is this your mom? And the, which it was. And yeah. the, the point is, the point was this, is that I think part of our stuckness is actually, I, wanna, I want to, before I make a decision, I want to make sure the pe- people close to me, and there's a couple different types of people, like people that I really respect that are close to me and people I don't really care about that are close to me, but they're both close to me. Um, and I, I want to make a decision once they've signed off on this thing, mm. because I, I'm not sure that I want to 
Because making a choice is vulnerable enough. Yeah. Making a choice that 60% of the people in my life are aligned with and 40% aren't, that's even harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's that vulnerability of like, I, I want sign off from other people. And who, you know, I forget who it was. This is looking glass self. I think it might be this guy Skinner. I'm not sure. But this looking glass self is this idea that we don't just think about we, our view of ourselves isn't what we think about ourselves. Our view of ourselves is what we think other people think about us. So we're always playing in. If I made this decision, what would they say? What would she say? What would he say? And like we're living that out. So it's, and I said, this is like a very, I said, do you notice how people pleasing you are? And you're just scared and that's okay. But can we just do that? Can you just say, I'm really scared of making a decision? That's great. That's like a lot more honest than I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. Or it's a lot, you know, because anyway, that's, I, the, but why do we like to stay stuck is because I think, I think we think that over time, um, I'm not going to have to face p- p- the potential of people's disappointment or even it's misalignment, the illumination of the misalignment of a lifestyle. Yeah. Like I love my parents. We make decisions for very different reasons. Yeah. And that's just true. And that's probably always going to be true. So if I look for them to understand or get the types of lifestyle I have or the decisions that I make, uh, it's going to be a long wait. It's just so misaligned and not like it's wrong and not like mine's right. And there's, it's just, we're not aligned. Yeah. And so not only will like, they're not necessarily be an authentic agreement. There just will be a perpetual misunderstanding, like a, not an understanding, not even misunderstanding. There won't be a, a, um, a a clean um oh I was, I, there's a word i'm trying to find um they're not going to get what i'm doing period and that's okay um but i'm a fool if i'm not a fool i am lying to myself if i want anybody else to really understand why i'm doing what i'm doing mhm and I think we do that to deal with our own vulnerability, to do with our own insecurities, to uh, avoid, um, you know, that, that really tenderness that all of us have inside of us, that we're really looking for people's approval all the time, that human beings, you know, alive human beings have this kind of tenderness inside of us, even the most type A driven, ambitious, knock through a wall folks. There's a a part of us that is always going to really care Mm -hmm. about what other people think. Mm -hmm. And I, people love to like bang their chest and say, I don't care what people think. And those people are usually on the verge of sociopaths because <laughs> you ought to care about what people think. It's just that other, if other people's opinions are running my life, I'm not going to have the life I want. I'm going to blame other people for it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, again, are you choosing where other people's opinions matter and where they don't? Right. Mm-hmm. Because if you're producing a product or a service, which all of everybody listening to this has, by mm-hmm. definition, that's you don't have a company if you're not producing something mm-hmm. and you have to care what other people think in order to produce something valuable. Mm-hmm. You have to. Yes. Yes. If you don't, you will create an asylum and it will be a Led Zeppelin before it even gets off the ground. <laughs> right. So at some extent, you have already practiced this. You have chosen mm-hmm. to, dis- you have decided to know, or to, to w- you've decided when other people's opinions count and when they don't, or mm-hmm. when they're, you know, 
all of the, and I'm, I'm just thinking now as we wrap this up, like an invitation is to think about, and I'm doing this for myself right now, kind of a self inventory is like, what am I holding off on? What am I not yep. doing? What, where am I keeping myself stuck? Where am I choosing to be stuck because of what somebody else thinks of what I might do? Mm-hmm. Right. What think about uh, other founders in your space? Yep. Are they going to think you're crazy? Uh, yep. Think about the people on your team. How much do you? How much do you allow what they think of you to dictate your decisions, and that keeps you stuck? Mm-hmm. You, in you know, just like Adrian, I loved. I wanted to come back to this, and I think this is the perfect point to do that. Is because I thought it was such an interesting, and we skated right past it. Was to trust your intuition and then test it. This mm-hmm. is the place to do it. Most yep. people don't or not most people, sorry, you can make the mistake of having the intuition of the decision that you really want to make, the choice you want to go after, and you stifle that because you might look like a crazy person testing it. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I just say, go ahead and be crazy. <laughs> yes, please. You know, please just be, be crazy. Please, just be crazy. Be crazy. Go ahead and, I mean, otherwise... You're going to live with a level of despair. It, that's mm. just what comes. And we, that's not a common word people use. I use it every day. But it's like, but because it's like one of the, one of the chief human experiences. And yeah. it comes from self-betrayal. And also not a term people use all the time. And I use it every day. Yeah. Where it's like, we're just living inauthentically. And mm-hmm. we'll think it's our amount of sleep we've had or, you know, the season of the market or whatever. But no, I'm just not that honest with myself. Mm-hmm. And I... You know, if I want, if I want something new in my life, I just, uh, there's usually a handful of conversations that you're not being that honest with yourself about. And it's okay. But if, if you're used to driving yourself, um, and being so self-critical that you don't really give yourself room to explore and out of that potentially fail and mess shit up and, and look like a fool and sound like a crazy person, then that's like the work. It's like you don't have that much internal stability where you can take on these types of bumps in the road in stride. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's the place to go practice this stuff. So go be crazy. It's great. Go be crazy and be crazy in a, hopefully in a, in a healthy way. Yeah. Um, and don't, don't have to like devastate and, and, and blow shit up and, and ruin relationships and that kind of thing. But like if you've got an inkling, um, go ahead and trust that thing and, and bring it out to the surface. I, I, I was, uh, maybe I'll wrap here. Um, I got an interesting, co- interesting question today as I was on this interview and the guy said, what would you tell, what advice would you have for 18 year old Adrian? I thought that's a kind of a fun question. Maybe it's one that's been asked a million times, but I, my answer today was, and I think it's, it connects to this idea. If I could go talk to myself and I had a minute to give myself advice, I would say, Go find someone for me, go find a guy and tell him everything. Mm. Like all your hopes, all your fears, all your interests, all your concerns, all like find one person in your life and go be a hundred percent honest, go to the depths of your vulnerability and practice being vulnerable and realize that after that you don't die. It actually come more alive <laughs> and there's like nothing that, that it can't be talked about. And this whole stuckness, there's there's conversations that you're stifling, that you're not willing to have with yourself, and you're calling it stuck so you don't have to really explore it. 
Mm. And you're looking for a rescuer. And really, it's you who needs to rescue yourself. Yeah. You got this. You're strong. You can deal with whatever the you decision brings. Um, yep. And and that's empowering. That's being that's being dangerous in this world. And mm-hmm. and knowing you know knowing how to tame that danger is is knowing that you have the resilient resiliency and strength to come whatever or, or to handle whatever comes. Amen. So great conversation. Thanks, brother. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. Bye, bye, everybody. Well, my friends, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Naked Leadership Podcast. As a heads up, every Friday we post a Cliff Notes version of that week's conversation with all the highlights in under five minutes. Check that out for a quick and powerful reminder of the principles discussed. I hope this conversation has been valuable to you. If it has, the greatest compliment you could pay us is sharing it with somebody who could use it. Thanks so much for listening and until next week, bye-bye everybody.